instead of going in with, I'm going to make sure I'm heard, or I'm going to make sure that I get my point across, go in with, I really want to go into this situation that could be potentially awkward, listening. And not only just listening with your ears, but listening with your eyes and your heart. Welcome to CEO on the Go, the show about personal and professional growth for busy leaders like you. I'm Gail Lance, and I'm here to help you think differently, solve big problems, and inspire change. It's tough to do on your own and even with a team, but it is possible. So let's get started. almost every team I work with, the issue of communication comes up. And the most growth-minded leaders continually work on the way they communicate. They're always getting better. But there are times when communication just feels awkward. Those cringeworthy moments, maybe times when the words don't seem to come out just right, or you can't strike the right tone, your heart starts racing, maybe someone misinterpreted something you said, or you have trouble understanding what someone else is trying to convey. The truth is we all communicate differently. We have communication differences, and that's a message that my special guest brings home today. I am so thrilled to bring back my dear friend, Deborah Boswell. We go way back, and I don't think leaders in general can talk enough about communication. If you're a CEO, you know how critical good communication is. A special note here that this episode is designed to air very close to International Stuttering Awareness Day, which is October 22nd. I wanted to bring more awareness to the issue of stuttering. Deborah has worked successfully with people who stutter for years. I've seen her in action and she's passionate about the topic. So while this episode is not specifically related to stuttering, we do touch on that issue, and I think you'll find it interesting. Deborah is a communication consultant and coach specializing in helping corporate executives, managers, and technical experts communicate their expertise in a clear, confident, and professional manner. In fact, she wrote a book called Become a Competent Business Communicator that's a great resource. You can find out more about Deborah and her work at DebraBoswell.com. In our conversation, she emphasizes the importance of listening skills in particular, so more reason to listen now. Enjoy my conversation with Deborah Boswell. Deborah, welcome back to CEO on the go. Thank you very much, Gail. It's great to be here today. Yeah, I was trying to remember when the last podcast was that we did together. It's probably close to two years ago, but I don't remember exactly. Yep. I would I would think it was about 2021. Yeah. The the late end of 2021. Yeah, it was a good one too. <laughs> yeah, of course. Well, um, as you know, you and I started this conversation, I feel like when we were together back in July. And we thought, you know, we need to really have a podcast episode on what we were talking about. So I can't wait to to have you share your expertise, your perspective, and, and the experience that you've had in working with people. I know you specialize in the area of communication. And today, I want to focus on awkward communication or how to deal with it when you feel awkward, because a lot of us go through experiences when we think, I don't know what I just said, or the words aren't coming out just right. 
And because we are very close to International Stuttering Awareness Day, and that's an, an expertise that you have, I thought you could share your passion around that, why that's so important. And then we could talk more broadly about some other communication challenges and issues that most people face. So why don't you speak to your experience there and why that's such an important topic? Yes, thank you. Well, as you know, my background is speech language pathology. So I'm a speech therapist and I no longer work clinically. But when I worked clinically, my passion was working with people who stutter. And that was my area of expertise and did a lot of continuing education on that. And so what's happened is, as I've transitioned about 18 years ago into corporate communication, working with individuals in corporate America, anyone who wants to improve communication, I've uncovered what we call covert stuttering. There's overt stuttering where you you let the stuttering happen, and there's covert where you keep it hidden. You know, you hear about in psychology, the iceberg and underwater. And so what I found is a, many, many of the technically minded individuals I work with, engineers, IT professionals, they stutter and they are hiding it because they feel like it will work against them in, in the corporate world if others found out. And so hiding it, 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 they can't make it go away. We don't have a cure for stuttering, but they will choose words. It's called word substitution, word avoidances. And so you might not pick up on it, but I would. There's hesitations. The word they choose seems a little odd for the conversation we're having, which throws people off. So then people start to wonder, do they have pro trouble processing what they're saying when in reality it's in the stuttering? And it's just a unique aspect of communication to not you and I right now, we want to speak. We can say what we want to say. The words will come out physically. And for a person who stutters, that's how we communicate. That's how we express ourselves at work. That's how we let our desires be known. Um, that's how we share information we have. And that's what my passion is and has been. And right now in the United States, there's about 3 million who stutter uh, worldwide. It's 1% of the pop population worldwide stutter. And one other little point I want to mention is that four to one males, more males stutter than females, which oh, is interesting. interesting. Yeah, mm -hmm. that is. So what can people do who stutter or find themselves in, in situations where the words aren't coming out right? And then what can leaders do to be sensitive or responsive in those cases? Yeah. So high level information for people who stutter is number one, they need to find a speech therapist who specializes in stuttering. But a lot of times it's separating the stigma and the shame that goes along with stuttering, which is learned as a child, getting some help on how to separate that. There's no shame in stuttering. It is a speech difference. And with DE&I, I think I know that we focus certain areas with DE&I, but one area I would like to open up more is communication differences. As a speech pathologist, we call them disorders, but they truly are differences. And being more inclusive of people with communication differences, hearing loss, they're on the spectrum somewhere, they communicate differently, they struggle with social skills. And so for the leader who is trying to build awareness in this area, educate yourself first and make it safe to not be the most eloquent, perfect communicator. I'd say this, you know, I struggled as we, as I prepared for today, thinking about there are communication differences that can be addressed and improved or modified, but not necessarily cured, if we can use that word, quote unquote. So knowing that balance, that's where every leader needs to be. HR needs to understand that as well, leadership and HR, that there are differences in communication 
that we need to be inclusive and accepting of, but also it doesn't mean that we can't improve. There can be improvement. Yeah. And I just want to clarify when you say say DE&I, because some listeners may not be familiar with that term, diversity, equity, and inclusion is what you're referring to. And many companies have initiatives to, to try to help promote that. So Absolutely. Thank you for that. Yeah. So I'm curious in the moment, if you could give a specific tip, say that, that there's a leader that is listening to someone who seems to be struggling to get the words out or who's stuttering in some way. Is there something specific that they could do to ease the tension? Do, do you give them more space? Do you, you know, I would guess sometimes leaders are trying to fill in the words for them <laughs> when that happens. Is, is, is that a problem? So what, what is a, just a tip or two that leaders might do that would be something tangible they could take away with? Great question. Because in the moment that the leader wouldn't know what's going on, they wouldn't know if this was stuttering or if this is some type of Asperger's or autism or whatever it might be. Maybe someone's had a stroke. You never know. And so approach every communication interaction with empathy. Think about what it, whatever you're observing that seems to be awkward or making you feel uncomfortable. Think about how it's making that person feel and think about what you could do to alleviate some of that discomfort or awkwardness for both of you. And number one is being quiet. Yeah. Don't fill in words. And that's hard to do. It is hard when a person's hesitating to not give them the word if you know what it is, but to sit and wait. It really goes into empath- empathetic listening, listening to learn instead of to, to respond. And so give them some space. Use head nods like you're doing right now, using a head nod periodically to say, I'm following, I'm with you. That Those are the two most important is it's the attitude you bring to that interaction and giving them, like you said, space, not filling in the word, having an, ex- an expression of pleasantness. If you're the person struggling with a communication difference and the person you're talking to is looking stern or disapproving, that creates more stress, which creates more issues with the communication difference. And, and you know, if you think about it, Gail, it's no different communicating with someone who maybe is um, you're more senior, they're intimidated by you and there's no communication problem. But we're trying to open those doors of communication to make it safe so that people feel like they can be the be who they are. Really no different even outside of a communication difference. But that's a great question. It's it's the attitude you approach that interaction with and then giving them space to express themselves. Show acknowledgement that you're following. Yeah, that's good. I like how you're referring to the issue as communication differences Mm -hmm. because that takes out the judgment. And I, and you know, in my own experience working with people who have differences in how they communicate in many ways, it's, it's easy to see a leader who has a preference for working with people who might be similar in their style. For example, very, we're bridging now into other broader topic related to communicate communication, but people who are fast paced in their style, who are quick to get to the point, and they become very frustrated if they're talking with people who are at a slower pace or want to think things through or pause more. And so I've seen tension created just by not understanding the different styles in terms of the pace and tone that people have. So what what would you say? I know you know I offer assessments and all that to try to help people gain awareness, but what are should should people do when they just find that they're really at sometimes crossroad or impasse when they just can't be can't communicate in a way that gets the message across or is received well? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think it all goes back to what you mentioned and that is leaders, managers, supervisors, becoming more self-aware of their own communication style. And that that's why you conduct the assessments 
and we can't wear labels that say I'm a processor. I like to think <laughs> what I'm saying. And then the some label. companies try that. They'll actually put like a disk profile or the the results of their report on their doors or in front of them. So there's some attempt at that sometimes. Right. And it's hard to recall. It's hard to remember even in the moment. I really do believe it starts with more self-awareness for all of us. I am a fast talker, walker, thinker. (laughs) And over the years, it's taken a while. And I'm not always in the moment. And we'll talk over people. But I've had to learn. I'm one of those individuals who's had to learn to pause. And what I've done is really focused on my listening skills. And by focusing on listening skills, it, it helps you to understand that that others don't always think as quickly, process as quickly, and have a more thought thoughtful, not in a positive or negative way, but just a more thoughtful, thought-led approach to sharing information. And there may be times we have to tell someone, we don't have enough time right now. Okay, we need to reschedule this appointment so that I can be fully present and you can share it in a way that that resonates with you. A lot of this goes back to self-awareness and others' awareness and being willing, um, humble enough to realize I need to to modify the way I communicate so that we can have a successful communication. And it is not ever going to be 100% correct. We're going to fail. But if we, we small steps, big improvements, I mean, seriously, it's, it's tough. It's tough for those type A, outgoing, aggressive, get it done yesterday type people to slow down and be willing to listen to others who don't have that same style. Yeah. So what do you suggest if if you're the leader, but you're not involved in an exchange, but say you're holding a team meeting and you have people that seem to be not connecting in the way that they should, again, communicating with, with differences, able, you know, that or they don't seem to be able to work through what they need to, what should the role of the leader be when they witness that happening, when they're not the ones that are involved, but they see that happening with other team members? In the in the moment, mm-hmm. right? like you're in a group, yeah. Sometimes I've you know many meetings I've been witness witnessing um, stress tension that makes people in the room uncomfortable to witness, and so it seems like it should be the leader's role to call that out in some way, to acknowledge that, to diffuse, uh, because a lot of it isn't that somebody's right or wrong; it's just the way that they're communicating, the tone that they're that they're setting um, is the problem. Mm-hmm. And I would agree that the facilitator or the leader, whoever that is, whoever's running that meeting, we all look to that person. That is the person we expect to take control. And of course, then it has to be very finessed in the way that they share that. But to say, I'm picking up on tension or I'm picking up on some combat combative um, vocal tones, and I don't believe we all feel we're in a, a good space for being able to communicate in the way that we that we communicate. And we want to recognize all different ways of communicating. So what if we, and then in the moment, there are some people who would say, what do you mean by combative tone? What does that sound like? (laughs) And so I could see it even going into examples, but hopefully you have a group that can understand argumentative, tense, hurried, combative. Those are some I would think of in that occasion, just calling it out respectfully. And maybe even giving an example that that could work. And that that requires a leader that's self-aware and a leader or facilitator that's picking up on how the, the mode of communication is is working against some of the participants because you shut down contributions when that happens. And so I, I think what you said is is acknowledging it, giving some examples so that people have something concrete to work with. Yeah, I like that too. Stating what you're observing, because then you can test it out. I'm seeing this. 
And they can say, well, no, we didn't mean that. Or no, we're just having a conversation. <laughs> Sometimes exactly. when you see people going going at it, they're like, no, this is no big deal to us. So, um, And it isn't to them, but it might be to others in the room that the leader's picking up on. Yeah. Yeah. So many different kinds of scenarios. Well, so w- what else should we be thinking about in terms of making conversation less awkward in general? Because there, I, I, there are just so many scenarios that come to mind. You're, you're trying to give feedback and that's always kind of an awkward time for, you know, performance review time can feel awkward. So suggestions on how to prepare when you anticipate maybe being in an awkward moment. Yeah. Okay. Be, be as prepared as possible. Be aware of that others bring emotions to work. We forget that people bring emotions and know is, you know, a good leader is going to know as much as possible, whether it's through assessments, time spent uh, with with individuals that are on their team. But be aware of the different different approaches other ha- others have to communication and go in with a listening attitude. I know I keep pounding that message instead of going in with I'm going to make sure I'm heard or I'm going to make sure that I get my point across Go in with, I really want to go into this situation that could be potentially awkward, listening. And not only just listening with your ears, but listening with your eyes and your heart to pick up on nonverbal emotions or nonverbal communication that's coming out. And that definitely puts us at a disadvantage. I'm still hearing from so many employees, even supervisors, leaders, middle managers reporting that we're not using cameras. We're doing all of our meetings each week with audio only, and you're missing so much of the communication. But feedback situations where you're delivering constructive feedback, knowing this is going to be hard, prepare for any emotion that's coming back from the receiver. And always what I encourage others to do is be as concrete as possible, be as descriptive as possible. Because when you say I'm arrogant, I don't know what to do with that. But then when you give me examples of what arrogance looks like, be ready with examples. I guess being prepared go in with a listening mindset, always bring your empathy with you. And if you're not very good at empathy, start working on it. You can develop empathy. That's great. And I would add to that spirit of curiosity to be be willing to say, tell me more, not not in a tone of why are you saying, but what is, you know, I'm curious, say more, help, help me understand that. So again, that goes back to tone too. That's right. You know, one other point I wanted to make about stuttering, because it's probably true of many other communication differences is it has many faces. Most of us think of the Miltilis, you know, whoa, 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 what do you want to do? That's probably one of the easiest forms of stuttering. Um, One of the more severe forms is where the person is really trying to push it back and to keep it from coming out of their mouth. And when that happens, they get caught up and it's like they can't speak. I I ran across some, uh, just a takeaway that a gentleman who shared, shared with me, he was in a corporate setting plant setting, and he had been hiding his stuttering for years. And at the end of our coaching engagement, one of his takeaways was don't be ashamed of stuttering. That's awesome because he grew up with shame. He grew up in the South, 50s, 60s, where it was shameful. Stuttering was thought to be some psychological impairment for him to be able to be free from that. And I'm sure it wasn't a one time I'm done with it. It was an ongoing, I have to remember, I do not need to be ashamed of this. It's part of who I am and the way I communicate and others need to be more understanding. And I can ask for that understanding. I thought that was exciting. I just yeah. To- what what a great takeaway. Yeah. Speaks to the work that you do. Before we go, I wanted to touch too on, since you brought up the South, on accent modification. I know that you have done some work in that area and that's another area that can 
be sensitive or awkward. Um, you know, it's interesting when I meet people, when I travel outside of where I live, the, one of the first things they say is, you don't sound like you're from Alabama. And I have modified my accent over the years. I used to, people used to make fun of me uh, where I went. <laughs> and so I became more conscious. And so I do know that my accent has shifted over the years, but there are times when it probably makes sense to to try to work on some modification. Other times when it doesn't, you know, there's the message of just be who you are, you know, and be comfortable with that. So how do you discern that? What 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 do you see happening? I'll be honest, I think there's been a shift. I'm glad you brought this up, a shift because of diversity, equity, and inclusion and our focus on that to build a sense of belonging, psychological safety. There's a shift. And I will be honest, I'm I'm much more careful mentioning that now because I do not want someone to feel that they're being called out. Here's, Here's the way I look at it. I, too, have worked on my accent and still sound like I'm from the South and I can be much more relaxed, as you know, and sound much more Southern. But it's just like I show up at work. I I don't wear flip flops and tennis shoes or shorts and a T-shirt. I put on clothing that's appropriate for the work setting. And so I do um, code switch. And when I'm relaxed, I don't pay much attention to how I'm speaking when I'm in giving a presentation, working with a client. I am shifting my eyes, making them sound more. Uh, like standard English I instead of right, it's right. I believe that uh, the way a company might want to consider dealing with this is if the employee identifies this as an area, something that's holding them back, maybe they're in sales and they've been made fun of, that would be the time the employee might seek out support or coaching. Now we have a safe space. They want it. They they believe it's holding them back. And again, we can't lose our accents, but we can definitely modify them and make them less um, salient or obtrusive or noticeable. But I do believe the day of a company sending someone to me and saying he needs to work on his Southern accent, those are gone. It, it, it needs to come from the person themselves being motivated and maybe having situations that were punitive or held them back because of the accent. So, and same with foreign accent modification. I've done foreign accent modification in the past and I believe that's the same. If the intelligibility is impacting their success at work or creating obstacles in terms of mistakes or safety issues, now then that's a different story. Uh, the company might bring it to their attention and ask if the individual would like some coaching. These are real issues out in the business world. Yeah, there's so many. Well, yeah, I just wanted to touch on it. And there are so many types of potentially awkward issues. So we're, we're covering a lot just in a short period of time, but I know that we're getting close to wrapping up. So I want to let you get on your soapbox or share whatever, you know, the message that leaders really need to hear now about increasing their sensitivity, the listening, what's most important now in today's world, you know, because things have been changing so quickly and there is more, I think there's more general awareness around these issues, but people are still kind of struggling to figure out how, how to make it work. What would be, a, you know, takeaway or key key idea that you think leaders need to hear? You know, first I would ask, look at your friend base. Look at the people you associate with. Do they look, think, and talk like you? Let's open up diversity in, in our relationships, whether it's at work or outside of work. I've done that in the past 10 years. I would say prior to 10 years ago, most of the people I associate with outside of work looked sounded just like me, had the same values I have. Once you start to expand and become less judgmental, you start to develop patience 
you develop an awareness around the way others communicate a message and even what they're communicating. And I can have a conversation with someone who thinks very different from, differently from me. And it goes back to that curiosity you mentioned. It doesn't mean I have to incorporate it in my own life. It's just I'm validating what I hear you saying. And maybe I have a, a higher level of empathy because I've not been in your shoes, but I see it the way you see it. And that makes all the difference. And I do believe it has to start at the top. It has to start at the top. I believe every leader should have a course in listening. Listening is going to incorporate the empathy, compassion, sense of belonging, vulnerability is a part of listening. Mm -hmm. That's really hard for so many leaders that I see. Mm -hmm. And most want to talk more. <laughs> they want to be better communicators. And there's there's a place for that, a place for stronger presentation skills, a place for being more articulate. But none of that matters if you don't bring listening to the to every interaction you have, and especially at that level of executive leadership. It's so important. That would be my two cents worth in my soapbox. Let's be accepting of others' diverse ways of communication. Yeah, yeah. So what is the best way for people to find out more about your work, uh, the wonderful work that you do? You need to mention your book too. Yes, Become a Confident Business Communicator. It's on Amazon. And the other way to contact me would be through the website. And it's my name, Deborah, the long spelling, D-E-B-O-R-A-H, DebraBoswell.com. That's the best way to contact me. Okay. Awesome. This has been fun, Gail. Yeah. Well, I think we achieved our mission. I knew that we wanted to bring the topic to the public, and this is the best way to do it. So um, I hope people will reach out to you and that together this episode you know, that we've created will help prevent a lot of the awkwardness. Um, and when people are in the moment, give them some ideas on what they can do to ease that. So thanks again for, for being my guest today. Thank you. It's my pleasure. So good to be with you. All right. See you soon. Thank you. For everyone else listening in, I hope you can put some of the ideas we talked about to work, turn awkward into awesome communication while doing the work that matters to you. Thanks for tuning in. And as always, be sure to share this episode with someone else who might benefit or leave a review. You can join my email list by going to workmatters.com so you don't miss an episode. And there you can learn more about ways we serve mission-driven leaders like you. If there's a challenge you want to discuss, I'd love to hear from you. In the meantime, keep growing as a leader, inspiring change, and doing the work that matters to you.